0: W B N E
1: Hello and welcome to episode 102. All about the Hobbit, chapter 15, The Gathering of the Clouds. Being the 102nd part of that's what I'm talking about. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I am joined by Michael of Hold My Butter Beer. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so
0: much. I'm so glad to be here.
1: I'm so excited to have you on. Um, we've already been chatting for a couple of minutes before the episode officially started, and you've revealed uh, to <laughs> me uh, the name of your dog and some other details about your your history with um, Lord of the Rings and everything. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. Because sometimes when go. I reach out to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I've watched it. Or, yeah, I'd be interested in coming on. But... I'm excited that you're so excited by the subject material. I, so <laughs> I
0: am. I'm. Th- I'm so grateful that you reached out. And yeah, my dog. You've already mentioned him. His name is Bilbo. Um, so if you hear some barks occasionally, that is just him joining in the conversation with us today.
1: Normally, I would say no dogs allowed. Absolutely, I would never say that. Actually, um, <laughs> there is there is actually a full episode where you can hear someone's um, dog like chewing a bone and barking throughout. Right. That's fine. Excellent. Um, but because his name is Bilbo, of course, he's welcome on the podcast. His name
0: is Bilbo. He is a miniature poodle, so he is size appropriate for a hobbit name. Ah! Um and so he's hanging out in here with me today. So he's joining the conversation. I love with us. that so
1: much. I love <laughs> that so much. And it's actually it's got I should uh, I should probably ask on social media or something. Listeners, if you have a pet uh, with a Lord of the Rings or Tolkien name, let me know. Send me a picture. Tag me in it at Tolkien about pod on Twitter or Instagram. I want to see your your Lord of the Rings and Tolkien named pets. Um, I'm sure they're all wonderful and amazing. Um, I personally have plans to eventually get a dog and name him <laughs> Bill the Dog, Love it. but he has yes. to be called Bill the Dog.
0: Yes, full that's name. his full name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, history with Lord of the Rings or, or Tolkien in general, depending on like what you got into first and and how this came into your life
0: absolutely well yeah i come to lord of the rings and fantasy in general through chronicles of narnia and harry potter as i'm sure many other guests uh on the show have before me um i, I was in a, a production of the magician's nephew in 1998 and uh my grand my, both sides of my grandparents one gave me the chronicles of narnia and one gave me harry potter and the sorcerer's stone um so that was kind of my introduction to fantasy and to reading in general um and i was in elementary school during that time so in 2000 I went to middle school and in my re- English class we read The Hobbit and I have my copy of The Hobbit here uh from I think 1998 or something is one I was gonna this say is that,
1: is that so is that the original copy that you read yes back this then? is the
0: one uh so this is about 20 years old and I can't explain like the serotonin that rushed into my brain pulling this book off the shelf and smelling it
1: <laughs> I get that yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah, Just uh, like reading the chapter today and just like seeing the pages and like holding this book that I read almost, I think 20 years ago. Um, It was just an amazing feeling. So I'm so happy to be on today. Um, But yeah, we read the Hobbit in, uh, in that class. And then that was the time that the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. So I watched all of those in theaters as they were coming out and read the books just because I became a total addict. Um, And all through middle school and then into high school just rereading them and (laughs) watching the movies over and over and over again because I didn't have internet at home so um, I only had DVDs on my computer and I just watched the same DVDs over and over and Lord of the Rings was a constant rotation for me.
1: Because you were you were like the primary demographic basically when the movies came out middle school boys.
0: (laughs) Yes middle school boys that was me Um, I wanted a sword I eventually bought Glamdring Glandolph sword uh, from a mall key uh, for about a hundred dollars <laughs> and it was the most expensive thing I, uh, I ever purchased at the time and I wanted a whole wall of swords but I ended up with Harry Potter wands because they're a lot cheaper so I have a massive collection of them instead
1: <laughs> yeah those are also a lot smaller and easier to display and and, and show off
0: <laughs> they are they take up a lot less space so yeah it was all fantasy all through growing up um then when I went to college I started a Harry Potter club uh just to meet friends basically and that's where I met my wife Haley she joined the harry potter club and uh and we started dating and met and did all that great stuff dating and marriage and all the rest um and then uh just harry potter was really like kind of my my access to everything um it was uh how we started whole my butter beer which you mentioned so that is the podcast that uh my wife Haley and i do with our friends savannah and shelby so it's a harry potter canon podcast so we don't really do chapter by chapter so much we do like transportation. So talk about all the different issues of magical transportation in the wizarding world, um, or food or alcohol, <laughs> or something like that. So we just cover different topics episode by episode. Um, so when you reached out to do a chapter by chapter for The Hobbit, I was very excited, because it's been a second since I've read The Hobbit. So it was really great diving back into it after so long.
1: Oh, well, I'm so glad that you found such joy of, of <laughs> pulling this off your shelf and, and diving into it again. I did. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah. So this chapter is chapter 15, The Gathering of the Clouds. Listeners, mark it off on your bingo card. It's another short one. <laughs>
0: yes, it was. I wasn't I was kind of happy about that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Trust me. After I suffered through the Council of Elrond, which yes, is just like forty of pages course. of introducing characters that I don't know who I'm gonna need to remember and who's gonna be with me for the rest of the book and mm-hmm. and backstories. I know. Oh, well, this person was doing this before they came to the meeting, and oh my gosh. So yeah, it's it is a a breath of fresh air. To um, I was saying before. We started the episode that it was like 1030 the night before we were to record this episode. And I was like, oh, crap, I haven't read it yet. And <laughs> if I had done that in Lord of the Rings, I would have been up until like 130 in the morning and trying have, to read yes. everything. But this is nine pages. It's just short a and nice, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Short and sweet. Easy read. Um, And could also, again, like a lot of the other chapters, could easily be summarized Well, I guess uh, not so much as some of the other chapters, but there are a lot of chapters so far that can be summarized with like one or two sentences. Um, And this one is like, birds come and talk to the dwarves and then the dwarves prepare for war.
0: Yeah, they get a little greedy. Um, And we can talk about the merits of that.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah uh before before we go into the chapter discussion what um could i gauge your thoughts or feelings on thorin
0: so thorin is a very interesting character to me and he's and i think he is portrayed differently in the books than into the movie and i know you haven't seen the movie so I, i won't try to spoil too much of it but i i guess in the movie he it's very much set up for where he's coming kind of into this chapter, I feel like, uh, where the greed and the the lore of the treasure is really taking hold of him. And I feel, and perhaps this is just my sixth grade me <laughs> coming out, but I, I kind of was taken aback by it, honestly. I didn't really feel like this was coming. Like, hey, Thorin, like, you know, it took him a while to come on to Bilbo and to kind of see him as a valuable member of the team, but eventually he got there, and now all of a sudden in this chapter, it's like, come on, Thorin like chill out. Like these people are in need and you're kind of the cause of this situation. Like you blame the dragon, but you know, the dragon wouldn't have stirred if you hadn't woken it up. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting how he kind of takes the about face. And I think there's kind of a throwaway sentence where Bilbo is like, Bilbo had witnessed Thorin with the treasure and there was kind of this witnessing of him, kind of turning to the greedy side of the goblin or the uh not the goblin the uh, dwarf stereotype of like oh yeah dwarves are greedy elves are haughty men are stupid and die quickly (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i guess that's my hot take on thorin before we we dive into this yeah
1: compared to my opinions of him that is not a hot take at all that's a very like okay lukewarm cold take because my my <laughs> opinions of Thorin um are that I hate him and he's the worst.
0: <laughs> there you go. You know, in yeah. so many words.
1: <laughs> um and I can already tell um kind of like what you hinted at too with like the difference in the way that they portray him in the movie. Um I can already tell based off of people's like comments on mm. um like the social media posts that I'll do and, and like Instagram reels and stuff. I can already tell that people really like Thorin in the movie and Mm -hmm. they have made him maybe a much more sympathetic character or they've given him like more dimension and so there's more of a reason for like why he acts the way he does Right. whereas in the book at least to me he seems very like grumpy and arrogant mm-hmm. and very like self-important and is like i am the most important person in this group and so i'm going to let bilbo do everything
0: right and i think that's set up even from the very first chapters where i think he gives like that super long speech mm-hmm. and he's like and, and thorn went on and on and on about this for some time and everyone was very bored um <laughs> <laughs> so even from there that characterization is very much set up where yes very very much self-important i am the heir to this throne and i'm going off on this trip and i'm going to have everyone do everything for me um and then it comes to a head in this chapter i feel um where he's like no the treasure is mine it's um,
1: mine
0: get out of here men of the <laughs> lake and elves of the forest
1: yeah yeah, and we will certainly talk about the the ethics and and morality of that, <laughs> oh, yay. I love
0: ethical quandaries. This <laughs> <Woo>! is
1: great. <laughs> um, so this chapter, uh, the I do this all the time where I'll be like, this cha- at the start of this chapter, and then I'll be like, well, In the previous chapter, this happened, so (laughs) let me start that over. In the previous chapter, we had jumped to a different perspective. It was actually, um, and, and it could happen again later on in this book, too, but it was the first time in everything that I've read from Tolkien where it jumps to the perspective of someone who is not one of our main characters. And we see this battle happen at Laketown where Smaug is defeated by this very random dude named Bard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> who I've also been who I've been told they do a little bit better job of like setting up as a character in the movie.
0: <laughs> they do. They give him a whole plot line. He's in the second and third movies. He's got kids. He's yes. got a family. Um, it's, it's like, you know, the book is only how many a little less than 300 pages long or so depending on your edition and they split it into three movies so they have to take any nugget they possibly can and like yeah bard let's turn him into a whole thing
1: and i'm Um, here for that because bard i think might be my favorite character (laughs) (laughs) and like stuff he does later in this chapter too yeah can we
0: have a tally for how many times he's described as grim I think that that could be oh, like a trigger word. Oh, I'm not sure I know have
1: I've been paying attention to that. Is that really what Tolkien uses to, I believe to describe grim. him?
0: I hope I'm using the right word. The listeners might be yelling at me right now. Like, Michael, it's a different well, word. Well, I feel
1: like that's so mean of Tolkien to uh, describe him as grim because at least when I'm reading this chapter, I'm on Bard's side like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that's funny if Tolkien's using this just dis- this description grim because that's mm-hmm. supposed to I would imagine meant to cast him in a negative light right. but I find myself siding with Bard as opposed to our quote-unquote protagonists
0: exactly it is grim I, I I found it and it is grim I think I'm using the right word so okay. <laughs> it might it might not be as much in this chapter because he just kind of shows up towards the end but perhaps keep a tally for just how many times Bard is Poor just Bard. He I better. know he doesn't deserve it Come on, we have He's other adjectives. He's the best
1: character in this book. Um, <laughs> and he just showed up in the previous chapter. Yeah, so Smaug is dead. Yay, ding dong, the dragon's dead. Um, and uh, Lake Town people and the elves are on their way because they're like, oh, well, if the dragon woke up, there's no way those dwarves survived that. Mm. They're dead. Let's go get that treasure. Um right. So that's that's our, our build up from from where we're coming into with this chapter where we go back to Bilbo and the dwarves perspectives. They've been there for, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to like remember like the timeline of like when how long they were in the cave versus like how long ago this battle happened. But I think it's been a couple days. It um, has. I
0: think it says maybe I think when the birds show up, it's about three days. Maybe? Yeah,
1: that's not, that sounds say. right. Sure. <laughs> um and yeah all of a sudden there are all these like birds flying around and making a big ruckus and thorne's like something is happening here and he says like um where is it one of them says someone says like it's almost as if there's some battle happening or something crazy the carrion
0: birds they're afoot
1: yeah oh yes, that's are everywhere yeah. as yes, if a the carrion battle carrion were afoot yeah. Yes. It's like, wow, well, funny you mentioned that. Cut to Lake Town, burnt down and destroyed, <laughs> and there's a dragon carcass in the middle of the lake.
0: It is very interesting, like as because you said the, the perspective shift from chapter by chapter. And it is interesting because everything because the dwarfs were basically just hanging out. Like you've already you've already had the discussion on this chapter, but they were just like, Oh, let's go get the food, let's go get the ponies, let's like chill out while Lake Town has literally been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And the dragon that we've been building up to this entire book is dead. And the dwarves have no idea. They have just been hanging out in the mountain, like, watching the birds fly in. It's, yeah. it's kind of... It's an abrupt shift. It is kind of a strange storytelling device, but I guess in more modern books you're, there would be like an ellipses or like so you know like when you're reading little stars come up and like perspective change is happening mid-chapter mm-hmm. and Tolkien doesn't really do that he spends a whole chapter telling about what else is going on pause let's go look over here and then we come back to the main characters it is very interesting
1: yeah and I still I still can't get over um so it's actually but to pull back the curtain a bit um I went on vacation in between recording for the previous chapter and then this chapter so it's been like a good week and a half since i did that and i still can't get over the fact that tolkien had what i like i thought the main point of this book mm-hmm. like the the climax and the pinnacle of it was going to be some like huge battle between like bilbo and the dwarves and smaug and right. i i thought it was going to come down to bilbo killing smaug and <laughs> and that didn't happen the fact yeah. that this insanely major plot device that they had been building up to happened like not only with you know five chapters left in the book but also away from our characters and like right. quote you know quote unquote like off screen in terms of their perspective
0: yeah, it's it is very strange, and I don't know a lot of other books that may go that way. um There's probably some literary analysis out there where like there's a reason why all this happened and all that, and kind of bringing in all this other stuff. But it does kind of add this whole other element right here at the end, which Peter Jackson then turned into like a three-hour movie. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know that the I think the last one is called like the Battle of Five Armies,
0: right? Which is um, and so one of the I've, chapters coming up. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I've been doing. Oh, is that the name of one of the chapters too? Oh no.
0: I got that totally wrong. That's okay. I thought it was, but I'm, no. It could the be. And I would just remember. Um, yeah. okay.
1: But I've been trying to do like the math in my head. I'm like, okay, the five armies. So let's say, let's say the dwarves, the elves, and then the lake men. I'm like, that's three. So who are the right. other two armies? <laughs> <laughs> who are these other two? Are Hobbits going to come out of something? Like, who, who? I won't
0: spoil it for you. What's happening? Or the listeners yeah. if they haven't read yeah, this far. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, I do remind myself this is the same author who. When writing Lord of the Rings and Return of the King, they destroy the ring and then there's mm-hmm. a good a hundred pages left afterwards. It's not over. <laughs> <laughs> They like, gotta
0: go kick Saruman out of the Shire as an essential plot point.
1: As many of those fake-out endings that happened in the movie, there was still supposed to be more. Like, that's exactly. what's that's just what's cra- <laughs> cracks me up, is that there were, like, you know, three or four, f- you know, fake-out fade-to-blacks, yep. and that was excluding major plot lines right. from the book. So um that checks out that, like, at least Tolkien's consistent. <laughs> true <laughs> he we has do appreciate the, that the climax happen and then some other stuff for <laughs> remaining pages afterwards um Very or maybe important. that wasn't the climax and maybe there's something even major even more major hap- that will happen but at the same time like the next chapters are only like i said they're all like five to nine pages i think yeah. Yeah. Interesting guy, that Tolkien. I would love to pick his brain and be like, what was going on in there when you were writing all this? So, yeah, the birds are going crazy and they're like, well, obviously something major is happening. And Bill was like, look, it's it's that thrush. It's the mm-hmm. same bird that had something to do with the prophecy of the there's mountain opening that we had nothing to do with we had right. no planning involved with that it just we were just very lucky and it happened to us
0: hope <laughs> was also very concerned about the snails bless him um he doesn't believe that the snails would have survived smog smashing the Mashing side of the,
1: the- mountain. yeah yeah I, that I, quaint I, little I feel... hobbit shire life yeah, yeah the
0: little people looking out for the little things i appreciate
1: Aww. that they're like, what's what's he saying? We can't understand him. And I love this. And they're like, can you make out what he's saying, Bilbo? And he says, not very well, said Bilbo. And then in parentheses, as a matter of fact, he could make out nothing of it at all. <laughs> so I just love that little note that like Bilbo's trying to remain very uh, important. Because he's like elevated in status at this point in the yes. story. He's- Lots of respect. Yes, yes. So he's trying to be like. I don't know. He could be saying a number of things. Oh, his accent is a little too hard for me to understand. I feel like this is
0: all of us at work at some point. Like, "Mm, oh, oh, I didn't read that in his email. (laughs) Or "Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what she was saying. Like, all I feel like all of this is like pretending, you know, that
1: yeah, yeah, I totally know what's going on.
0: Um, And that's Bilbo right now.
1: Yes, I feel that. 100%. Uh and then Balin says if only he were a raven because f- for whatever reason the dwarves can understand ravens and specifically sure. ravens, not yes. crows, not thrush, but ravens.
0: Right. And I'm they like are this special ravens, I guess. Unless
1: unless I were to reread Lord of the Rings, maybe it's a small little detail that he throws in, but like it's a detail that is never brought up again.
0: Nope. Nope.
1: it's weird um I think it's very random how all of a sudden Tolkien was like actually you know what I I I'm just imagining him given what I know about the Hobbit and how you know it was him telling the story to his son and he's kind of like making things up as he went along I just imagine him at this point in the writing process where he's like okay I actually need to sit down and write this thing or whatever um He just has like a wheel in his office and he's like, all right, what's going to happen in this chapter? And then he spins it and then it's like birds,
0: (laughs) right? Talking birds, talking birds. And with his choice to split the narration into two different places, it's like, okay, so where, how will they find out the dragon's dead? Hmm. Okay. Somebody will come bring them the news. Okay. Well, mm. and then some kind of fantasy element, like, yeah, we need some birds. I think some birds will come up in here. Yep. Sure
1: yeah and then depending on your lineage you can understand certain types of birds versus other types of birds and so the thrush is luckily enough able to understand them so he goes off and he gets um a the like son of because they are currently up on raven hill where an uh, a very like famous pair of crows used to live ravens. Old Cark. Oh, ravens! ravens That's because my bad. crows,
0: cr- I, there's some That's... birdism going on here. It, where it really
1: is. Yeah, crows are yes. nasty,
0: suspicious-looking creatures and rude.
1: Ravens, apparently. Ravens. ravens. Maybe Tolkien had just gone through like an Edgar Allan Poe phase or something <laughs> <laughs> when he was writing this. Um, and the thrush brings back um, like the remaining descendant of old kark um the famous raven that lived up here once long ago and they convey the story of what has happened um and this raven's name is R- Rowak.
0: Roak, yes
1: um for some reason there's a i believe an uh, i don't know what the two dots are above a is that an umlaut umlaut um, that's yeah okay I don't know how that changes the pronunciation of (laughs) Roak, but I'm going to say Roak.
0: In the audiobook, it's Roak, so I think we're on top of it.
1: Perfect. Great. And he explains that Smaug is dead, and they're all like, all right, I knew that things would go our way if we did nothing at all. Exactly.
0: I also Uh, love that Roak is 153 years old.
1: Yes, he's Um, balding.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, the I looked up the average life expectancy for a raven and it's ten to fifteen years. So Roak is very long lived.
1: It's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. Very long lived. Um yeah, he's balding and like he has like thin feathers and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I guess it has to I wonder then if it has to be this like specific lineage of ravens that the dwarves can understand. Probably. Um that obviously have some kind of like magical element to it since they live right. so long.
0: It's maybe like with elves, like there are certain families of elves that are more magical and more powerful and more long-lived than other ones, so it's probably something like that too and, and ravens.
1: Mm-hmm. So they're like, alright, this is good news for us, we're gonna march Ooh. in there and take our treasure, this is awesome everything's going our way. And then he says, well, hang on a minute um, <laughs> some people are very mad at you. <laughs> and they're coming to steal your treasure and he explains that the lake men and the uh, wood elves um, have kind of like teamed up i wonder if later in chapters there there will be like more division between those two but at this point it kind of feels like they're presenting as like a united front and a united army right um and they are coming up because the wood elves are mad at the dwarves because they escaped their prison earlier in the book, and then the lake men are mad because they're the ones that disturbed. Um, well, of course they don't even know that the dwarves are alive, but um, right. they very much blame the dwarves, and also that was like the manipulation of the the master. Um, the right. mayor of the of the town who was like, "Hey, this isn't my fault. It was the dwarves. Let's go mm-hmm. yell at them instead." Right. And they're coming up to take the treasure because obviously their town is in ruin. They they need to like build up their town again and um also Bard is like the king of what is this Dale? Y- yeah. yeah,
0: he's descendant of the men of Dale, the line yeah. of Gideon. A or- get garyan
1: Ge- Ge- yeah, some- excuse me yes, um that garyan is it garyan Ge- Ge- yeah i'll say garyan Ge- <laughs> okay. okay. garyan yeah a grim man but true grim tally there it is. grim there
0: it is. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so he's uh the men of yeah the men of dale so not i guess not a king so much but just like kind of a noble bloodline yeah um, that's it right because everybody's uh, got to be really special
1: yeah so he'll be coming he's also coming up to like kind of reclaim some of this land as well and maybe try and rebuild Dale um right. so and they're all coming up here too with this impression and this expectation that the Dwarves are dead and they can just walk in and take the treasure
0: <laughs> so do we think that Roek has an accurate handle on the situation because it his description, it seems like he's trying to be neutral, like, hey, here's what's going on. The dragon's dead, the men and elves are coming. But he it does seem like he kind of presents it with a bend on they're coming to take your treasure, um, whether you are dead or alive. They like they um they too think to find amends from your treasure, whether you are alive or dead. Um, so it, it, I wonder if this is kind of like triggering like we know that Thorin is is leading to like the he's the, the treasure is driving him mad and the selfishness and the the hints that like dragon treasure is tainted and poisoned and it, it has more draw on it than like a typical treasure hoard would. Um, I wonder if if this is kind of the the birds perspective on things is like they are coming to rob you and this is really triggering for Thorin and it's going to lead a lot of his decision-making process for the next couple of chapters
1: um I was kind of thinking it more like he was explaining to them because I think he I think he tries to like justify why this is happening and he's explaining like you've really made some people mad and so they're <laughs> coming to I don't um I don't know I feel like I don't think he's on either of their sides, really, because mm-hmm. I do I do think he is um, he he is like, t- you know, preparing Thorin and the dwarves and everything for what's happening and what's to come with the treasure. If he if he, you know, he could have easily not told them or something, you know, True. but he's telling them and they're, you know, going to prepare for it. But I also feel like he's explaining this perspective of these men um, to really like. Get into Thorin's head, and maybe that could also be him trying to be like, I think you need to be, uh, I think you need to have like some charity and and give Mm -hmm. out some of this treasure because Mm -hmm. these people have been through a lot. Um, So yeah, I wonder. But um, he also does say because Thorin says, um, gives him instruction to go. Alert. Um, I don't know where they are. It, his cousin Dane and the Iron Hills.
0: Right. Yeah, the dwarves
1: are. Don't know where that they're, is. But... They're kind of
0: spread out all over the place because with with Smaug coming in, like the dwarves kind of had to scatter. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's little dwarf outposts all kind of over the place. They're like a wandering people kind of. Um. And then the Iron Hills is one of the the other strongholds that that still stood the test of time. Yeah. Um.
1: um so... And so I'm wondering again. I guess that must just be maybe like the closest one too, because exactly. he tells he tells him to go alert like all of these different dwarves and uh, get ready and come and uh, come to battle basically and help them mm-hmm. defend this treasure. And then Roek says, I will not say if this council be good or bad, but I will do what can be done. And I, I feel it. like this is this is really fun because there's that saying, you know, don't shoot the messenger. And this kind of feels Great. like that, where he's like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you whether I think this is good. I'm just the messenger. I don't think this is good I will not be held liable. <laughs> yeah, I will not be held liable for anything that goes negatively as a result of me delivering this message. Right. I'm just the messenger.
0: <laughs> but I'll do it. I'll do it because you asked me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um and so Thorin's like, all right, let's go. Let's go defend our treasure. Um we have little time to lose. And little food to use, cried Bilbo. <laughs> Always practical on such points. Bless him. Love that. Always on brand. Uh, and then it says, in any case, he felt that the adventure was, properly speaking, over with the death of the dragon, in which he was much mistaken. I, You know what? I'm with Bilbo here. He, his job is yeah. done. He did his yeah. thing. He could go home if, if he, he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But he he probably just doesn't know how to get home. <laughs> right but yeah bilbo's like i don't know guys i think this uh, i don't i think this problem will sort itself out like my biggest concern was the dragon and you guys didn't have a plan for that at all so i think we should cut our losses and and (laughs) cut out um but no, back to the mountain, cried the dwarves. So they spend um, the next couple days um, getting ready for all of this and fortifying the mountain. Uh, they find that the only entrance remaining is the front gate. So they work to um, like block it off. And then they also do some like architectural uh construction so that a, a creek will run through it and then right. um so that uh fresh water and a stream and hopefully like a river and then eventually like we'll go back into dale and mm-hmm. i'm assuming they want it to like replenish the land since it's been so desolate for so long
0: and i imagine also kind of like a moat sort of situation yeah. so that mm-hmm. the, the front gate is also more protected um
1: yeah, because and- now uh, the only way to get in is to come directly to the front gate, because um, right. they it was something like they could either swim or go over this really narrow entrance. Right. Uh, I want to bring up the good news that three of the ponies <laughs> escaped three of the ponies escaped y'all um reminder that i was very the the journey i've gone on with these with all of the various ponies in this book ponies because the first group got eaten by goblins yep rip Yep. um very traumatic and then they got a new group of ponies to come to the lonely mountain from the lake men and i was like oh good for them and then smaug ate them (laughs) (laughs) Did they get uh,
0: them from Bjorn also?
1: Right. They t- they did have some horses from uh, Bjorn, but he uh-huh. they he he wanted was them like, back. I want them back because I know yes. your track record with ponies. <laughs> 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 he knew. He knew. He before. knew.
0: He wanted his ponies back. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if I
1: leave my ponies with these dwarves and this hobbit, no I will never see them again. Yeah. So three ponies made it. Yay. Yay. Glad. These three I'm ponies. I'm so glad
0: they're the, the best ones.
1: And so they go... Uh, and get whatever gear is left and whatever, like, bags and supplies were left on these ponies. And then mm-hmm. they set them free. And I'm like, good. Good for those ponies. To go At back least. to
0: where? Lake Town is gone. <laughs> like, where are they going to go they're now? Better
1: off, they're better off away from the dwarves. That's true.
0: I hope they, they go wild and start families of their own and live very peaceful, happy lives. I
1: hope so, too. Maybe these ponies um, start the family that eventually leads to build the pony.
0: I hope that their ancestry is linked. Yes. It
1: could be. Yes.
0: And it's all very practical. All of this description is very practical and Tolkien may be thinking like, Hmm. So what, there's no food, obviously in the mountain, where would they get food? Oh, well, fortunately I left my characters a bunch of food at this little campsite. Cram, um, cram blessed cram. Um, so I, I appreciate that, you know, we know that Tolkien is, is one for going on long descriptions yes. of things. But it's also practical because the reader would be like, hmm, so like, what are they eating? Like, you know, they're stuck in this mountain for three days. Um, even if it's cram, it's still something.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I had to read that, that paragraph a couple times because he describes like what they've done to fortify everything. And it talks about they've blocked the gate with... St- uh a bunch of stones laid dry so i guess that means they didn't use any kind of like cement or, or I mud think so. or anything yeah um thick and high across the opening there were holes in the wall through which they could see or shoot but no entrance and then yeah exactly like you're saying where maybe the reader's like well how do they get in and out they right. climbed in <laughs> or out with ladders and hauled stuff up with ropes um, and then it talks about this stream that they've like diverted and reconstructed to run through the mountain and like to the other side, I guess. And yeah, Tolkien is very yeah detail oriented, and he's like, mm-hmm. I've got to make sure there's no plot holes here. Don't worry <laughs> about what Gandalf is up to, but but this <laughs> this is important. He's um, in the
0: unfinished tales doing stuff over there, like yeah.
1: He's fine. That Gandalf. And as um the closer and closer we get to the end of this book, I like I really keep expecting for Gandalf to just show up at some point and we're getting closer to the end and uh I really hope I see him again because I will be severely disappointed. Yes. Um maybe he'll pull uh, a Helm's Deep and he'll show up. <sighs> Well, it won't be shadow effects, but he'll show up on a horse. <laughs> it at could the be he
0: could make a cameo in here. We don't know.
1: Yeah, there's always t- there's there's always time for things to happen when Gandalf is involved. So right. I won't rule it out. But right. I am wondering where it's. That's he? a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so they've spent all this time uh, getting ready and fortifying everything. And then finally they see lights coming from the distance and they uh, build a camp and they're like, oh, they're, that's a lot of people. And there's 13 of us or 14. Mm-hmm. I think there's thir- I let's see i'm on page 245 of this book and i still don't know how many of their how i think there's 13, 13 dwarves, dwarves plus
0: bilbo so there's 14 total right yes yes okay
1: possibly <laughs> No, I think that's correct. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's correct. But I always... I'm sure you'll hear
0: it in the comments if you get it wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So they get like a little bit more of a night's sleep, but not really because they have this um, like force looming over them and in the distance. And eventually um, some people try approaching, uh, I think, from one side possibly or they come up to Mm -hmm. the gate even and Thorin says, who are you that come as if, uh, who are you that come as if in war to the gates of Thorin, son of Thrain, king under the mountain, and what do you desire? And they're like, oh, we thought you'd be dead. <laughs>
0: and
1: so they say nothing and they leave.
0: <laughs> right. They don't speak at all. And they're just like checking out the mountain. They're looking at the rocks and being like, oh, no. Darn it.
1: So we can't just walk in.
0: One does not simply walk into Mordor. Yep.
1: This is going to be hard. This is going to be harder than we thought.
0: Yep. They're still there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And then they can hear uh, uh, at their camp in the distance, they can hear them singing songs. um, And... The elves have, you know, that like magical, like song, sing-songy, whatever element right. to them. There's the dwarves are sitting up there, like that sounds like a really fun time.
0: <laughs> I love that the younger dwarves are like looking over the battlements, like, mm. <laughs> I wish I wasn't in this mountain eating cram.
1: Yeah, like, do I really want to be here? Not really. Um and I think it even says like at this point they would never like even if they wanted to go da- down and join like the festivities that are happening down there they like wouldn't dare go against Thorin. And- right. <laughs> they be would like, be in we're, big just trouble. Gonna, we're just going We're just going to go to this party real quick. We'll be right
0: back. <laughs> we'll be <Awesome>. right back. <laughs> Leave the ladder down for us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um and then so then uh, the dwarves start singing their own song. Um, about like preparing for this battle that's gonna happen on the mountain um are you a song reader when it comes to these or do you just kind of like your eyes gloss over
0: i do read the songs um i do every time yes uh and and i I remember i've listened to the first episode where you mentioned that like jesus (laughs) kind of would skip over the songs um and i had a friend uh who went going into college and talked about lord of the rings and stuff and she told me that she skipped over the songs and i was like (gasps) You skip over the songs, but they're so important. she's like i've never read it. she skips over the sorting hat song in harry potter like she well, just one's just
1: insanely long
0: the and like,
1: after no. like year three it's like okay we get it <laughs> we know how this works <laughs>
0: yeah you're smart you're you're brave whatever cool shut up <laughs> um but yes i do read the songs and i and i liked this song i like that it was under the same tune as the one all the way back and like in the first beginning of the book i do think it was a bit misleading though um the 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 fourth line and the first little stanza or whatever you call it in poetry there is um and ever so like the 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 foe is dead the worm of dread and ever so his foes shall fall and i think like you did literally nothing to kill yeah the the worm of dread you literally did nothing you got him angry and you set him on a town of villagers and they killed the dragon the grim man bard so, why are you singing a victory song? Mm-hmm. Like We are the champions. You did nothing.
1: you did you nothing. literally did nothing, yes, a hundred percent. They did nothing, <laughs> um, which is kind of like, <laughs> which is just kind of like their character arc for this entire book, yeah, <laughs> the dwarves. All they do is like bully Bilbo into coming on this journey, and then they make him do everything. And then when it doesn't yeah. go right, they yell at him for it. Um and they just
0: cause him problems. They fall asleep in the in the enchanted river. They get captured by the elves. Like I mean he does have an invisible ring, so that helps, but Still, he, he carried the entire group for sure. Yes.
1: uh huh. Also, I do want to point out, um, just because it, uh, it was uh, mentioned again in this chapter, it refers to, it says in the last stanza or whatever that is, um, <laughs> my 12th grade English teacher is yelling at me being like, you yeah. know what it's called. I think it's a stanza. Um, the king has come unto his hall under the mountain dark and tall. The worm of dread is slain and dead and ever so our foes shall fall. Um, I had uh, questioned in previous... Cha- there was one chapter where Bilbo's dad says something like, every worm has a soft spot, and that's how mm. Bilbo knows to look for uh, Smaug's soft spot. And I was like, every worm has... I was like, is that not just the whole worm? <laughs> is- right. <laughs> Are yeah. worms just not all soft? <laughs> um, but I have had some people message me being like, Oh, well, in, like, mythology or or whatever, I'm doing a terrible job of, like, explaining the detailed explanations they gave me about, like, the etymology and history of this. But worm was used to refer to dragons. Exactly. Yes.
0: We've got like worm, Drake, um, wyvern. Um, there, there's so many in history, um, and they've all got different names, and it all means dragon. Um, so yes, follow. But me all there. of
1: those sound so much cooler than worm.
0: Worm. Yes. I've and seen Tocum it. And Tolkien is like, you know
1: what I'm gonna use? Worm. Yeah, worm.
0: Uh I've spelled I've seen it spelled like W-Y-R-M in a couple of fantasy novels, just to mix things up a little bit. Um, I guess maybe to differentiate between worm in the ground and but you know, they're worms, uh they're they're hiding in caves, they're evil, creepy thing. I don't know. Um, but yes, I'm I'm following you there. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they all squishy? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so they sing this little song, and this pleases Thorin. He's like, "All right, thank
0: goodness, I'm thank the favorite again." Thorin is pleased.
1: <sighs> um, and they talk about, um, uh, they talk about like what's gonna happen in this battle. Um, and Bilbo is not having it. Uh, he mm-hmm. he doesn't like the song or the discussion. They sounded much too warlike. Um, and this is also definitely, reman- uh, you know, paralleling the, the first chapter when um, all the dwarves show up and he's like overhearing their conversations as they start trickling in. And he's like, this sounds an awful lot like an ad- like adventure talk. And mm-hmm. I'm not about that life.
0: Right. Much less war.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then the next morning, uh, they return again to the gate and Thorin says the same thing. And this time uh they do respond. Um, it says a tall man stood forward, dark of hair and grim of face.
0: Grim, two ticks. There you go. There
1: it is. There it is. So yeah, maybe Tolkien really is trying to like get us to not to, you know, look at Bard through like an unsympathetic lens or something, but
0: they re- he really wants us work. to know he is grim.
1: He's, he looks grim. Yeah, he's seen yes. a lot of stuff.
0: <laughs> he's mm-hmm. been through a lot. <laughs> yes. um,
1: and he, he says, I am Bard. I'm the one who killed that dragon
0: it was literally me i literally did everything
1: oh my god um he doesn't say it like that though he's actually (laughs) i think much more like humble about the whole situation and much more like level-headed than
0: he's a he's a cool guy i like bart a lot
1: um and he yeah kind of like recaps what happened he's like we were in this battle. Smaug came down. I, I killed him, by the way. That was me. By the way, um, yeah. I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but our whole town was destroyed. And they, this town, these people helped you when you guys were in distress. And I think it's only fair that since you were the thing that woke up this dragon that destroyed their town, that you should help them. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That That yeah. sounds pretty fair to me. Um, But given what I know about Thorin, uh, (laughs) I I figured that would not happen. And so we get this little description. Bilbo at first is like, yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Like there's a little bit he has like a point there. Um, but he remembers seeing. Uh, he remembers like the power that this treasure has. Right. Yeah. And it says long hours in the past days Thorin had spent in the treasury, and the lust of it was heavy on him. Right. Um, and he has been searching for the Arkenstone. <laughs> yeah. And which Bilbo has in his pocket. <laughs> 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 Which I think is hilarious. Um, I, I made it, a yeah. meme about about this. I um, posted mm-hmm. and everyone's everyone in the comments was like saying like, "Oh, you should have said this instead of this." And I'm like, "That's clearly a movie thing because in the book it's very different, right? Or it's not very different, but in the book it happens differently." I'm assuming what happens in the movie is that he uh, picks up the Arkenstone and Thorin says, um, "Like, what do you have there?" And he turns around and says, "An acorn." Um, because a bunch yes. of people were yelling at me something about an acorn <laughs> in the comments of this post. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all, there it's a, a meme.
0: I'm like, yeah.
1: it's an I it's a meme I took from iCarly <laughs> 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 and made it about the Hobbit. Like Yeah,
0: there's kind of some some optical illusion going on that he's got an acorn so like oh it reminds me of home, and then him and Thorin have this moment, and I was like, Oh, Thorin has a heart after all. And then the shoe drops and the men uh-huh. and the elves come and it is all over. Uh, Thorin is not having it
1: yeah yeah Thorin's been so like not only is the treasure having and I kind of um briefly brought this up in previous chapters where they've been around the treasure where like Mm -hmm. it mentions kind of that there's this like mesmerizing effect to it so we were talking about like is this treasure magical like what's up with that what's going on there And so it seems that does have this, yeah, like lustful negative effect on Thorin. That's also on top of the fact that like he's looking for literally the most valuable thing in this treasure and he's not finding it yet. And I was like, okay, so it sounds like Tolkien is going to. He took this thing where he's like, huh, um, something like a treasure that has a magical effect, but it's a really negative effect on someone and it makes Mm -hmm. them really greedy. Right. Huh, I wonder if I could expand on that in the future. <laughs> huh, it does. Yeah. We'll come back to The it one later.
0: the one ring does kind of have that pull also just yeah. kind of like this this thing is like it seems really awesome, you know, like this massive amount of wealth that you can't even imagine like how much gold is in here. But does gold truly solve any problems in this book? And does it no, it doesn't. It just leads to more and more problems. Mm-hmm. And then we're kind of given the comparison of Bilbo and how when he listens to the song, it just makes him think of his Hobbit hole, and it's that's literally his only goal: is I want to help out these dwarves. And then I want to go home. I don't want gold. I don't want all this stuff. I just want like my life, Um, which I think is kind of a big overarching moral, I guess, of the Lord of the Rings in general is there's all this magic and there's all this gold and there's all this power out there. But what is the really the most important thing? It's home and friendship and family. So it really causes more problems than it solves in the end. Yeah. Um I'd also like to point out that um Bard's words are described as g- being given proudly and grimly spoken. So we I think we have grim three there times in yeah. two pages.
1: <laughs> well also, he's definitely not he's not happy about what he's reporting to no. to Thorin. He's like, "Yo, we almost all died. We would have all died because of you. Had it Did not you- been for me." Could you literally
0: help us? Could you literally, we're homeless.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, we're homeless. Half of us are dead. The other half are slowly dying because, like... um, Winter is coming. Yeah, winter's coming. We're out of food. People are injured. Like, help us out, bro.
0: And you're our neighbors. Like, if I think you mentioned this a little bit later. But it's like, if you want good neighbors, if you want to eventually come out of this mountain and live, you know with the men of the lake then you should fork over some cash so that we can at least rebuild our houses
1: yeah um and so thorin yeah he hears what bard has told him and he's just straight up like no no, no. he's like it's not he's like it's not my fault that the dragon came and destroyed you <laughs> and also you're cut co- like yeah the dragon destroyed your town but You're acting like this treasure is going to help you because it was. you're trying to take something from the thing that destroyed your town. But this isn't Smaug's treasure. This is our treasure. And we didn't destroy your town. The dragon destroyed your town.
0: And the dragon Um, stole our treasure. So really, this has nothing to do with us. So you should just go home.
1: Yeah. And I believe he... I can't find it exactly, but I'm pretty sure Bard asks for literally like one twelfth of the treasure. Yes. Which... If it's as big as I'm imagining, um, based off of the descriptions, that's l- like nothing.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's a portion, you know, like every, each of the dwarves were promised a portion. And Thorin at this point is basically like, I'm keeping it all for myself. <laughs> he says he's going to give it to his kinsmen, but... Do we believe that um, with the with the kind of the hold the treasure now has over him? Um, and so he said, like, Bard says, give it to me and I will use the full amount to go to Lake Town. Like, I will give it to the master. Like, I will use all of this money to help the men of the lake. This will not go to me, mm-hmm. Bard the Grim, um, but actually be used to help people. And Thorne is not having it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Bard says, moreover, the wealthy may have pity beyond right on the needy that befriended them when they were in want. So right. just once again being like, bro, these people helped you out. And now you're well. It's time to, you know, pay it forward. You know, help out your fellow man. Yeah. Um, And He's Thorne's ba- like, no, I'm not going to negotiate with. Uh, with people who are coming to rob me and fight me
0: coming armed for war yeah Um, it's very much that kind of that old debate especially that we've probably seen over this past year of like well you can protest but don't protest like that like, I don't want you to complain like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Like if, if you put down all your arms, if you put down all your weapons, then I might hear you out. But no, 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 no. You've come to me with weapons. So no, this conversation is over. And I, that's that's something that we've I think we've mm-hmm. heard so much like in, in society, like American society, especially in the past year. Like, like oh, no, well, it's great that you want rights, but don't do it like that.
1: Yeah, not like, like that, don't, please. no. Don't come to me you. with those
0: problems. Um, so also, I'm, I'm not feeling Thorne right now at all.
1: Yeah. Um, on a similar note, I wrote down, Thorne's a Republican, isn't he? Uh. <laughs> Just because <laughs> they're asking... I think we're heading in
0: that direction. <laughs>
1: These people are, you know, destitute and they have nothing. Um, and they're asking for this treasure to help rebuild their lives that Thorin destroyed. And it's almost like, <laughs> I don't know, coming to a land. What, what does where this pe- have to do with me? Where people live <laughs> and then taking it as your own and building everything as if it's as if you did everything first. and then when the people you've disenfranchised, aren't doing as well, ask for help, you're like, well, I don't know about that. I don't think I could do that for you. What does that that have to do with me? Why would I help you when I have all my money? Yeah,
0: when I have this astronomical wealth that was built with the assistance of the people of Dale. um, Yeah. For centuries like they they had a great relationship
1: yeah that's another thing to point out too is that this treasure is not just stuff from the dwarves it's also stuff that like um was taken i guess taken by smaug or something um right. through like trade with um the men of dale and things that they had made too um so it's not all just the dwarves treasure um but thorin's not having it Yeah, he's clearly the effect of this treasure um, is taking its toll on him. And I'm sure we'll see more of that in the um, coming chapters too. more of this like negative effect. Um, I do wish I had seen more of that happening, kind of like hints of that happening Mm -hmm. um, in the previous chapters where they're like, in the treasure room um and he's like looking for stuff maybe it could there could have been like more like a mention where like something like flashed his eyes of like greed or lust um it's
0: it's very much like that in the film um which i think perhaps does a better job of building up his character Mm -hmm. he's basically walking around in like opulent robes like covered in gold rings and he's like look my family look at all our gold this is so great
1: and this kind of the shadow
0: over his eyes yeah yeah um
1: yeah i guess in that regard then um because even in this chapter again this is a nine-page chapter tolkien could have written enough. he could have this is the this is the total opposite of like what i was saying when i was reading lord of the rings Um, we need more detail yeah he could have (laughs) added you know an a one-page or a two-page scene where it's, you know, Thorin and Bilbo comes across Thorin inside mm-hmm. the, you know, where the treasure is um, rather than this, like, line of narration um, right. um, being like, Thorin was getting greedy and lustful because of the treasure. It would have been nice right. to, like, actually see that happening maybe through Bilbo's perspective. Right. Bard is like, okay, well, then we're gonna have to declare war on you or something. <laughs> like are the elven king is our friend um and i know we don't want to go to war and thorin's like the elves are not definitely not our friends like we may not have personal beef with you Mm -hmm. i'm sorry what happened to your town that sounds terrible we're not gonna help you but the elves we are definitely not gonna help because they imprisoned us yes um and uh one of the someone stands up, uh, or someone from the other side, like steps forward, um, and says that, like, okay, this is our last. Oh, this is when they say, um, right. Uh, At least he shall deliver one twelfth portion of the treasure unto Bard as the dragon slayer and as the heir of Gear, Ge- Gear- <laughs> Right
0: yeah it's kind of like a like a speaker like a um flag bearer or something yeah. kind of delivering mm-hmm. this message of like oh here's your final chance yeah, here's the
1: last chance and thorin uh shoots him <laughs> i think it gets stuck i think, I think it i think it he does, has a yeah. shield up. yeah <laughs> In a he shield, has a shield okay <laughs> i was like oh no he doesn't get hurt
0: but yeah 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 smote into his shield and stuck there quivering
1: <laughs> and that guy is like oh
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and he's like Okay, sure. Yeah, it
1: says since such is your answer, I declare the mountain besieged. Um, so they will lay siege upon this this stronghold. And I guess they're just gonna I guess at this point because it says we will bear no weapons against you, mm-hmm. but we leave you to your gold. You may eat that if you will. Such so. a good
0: line. <laughs> I love that line. Like you have everything you wanted and it will give you nothing. It
1: will kill you. Yeah, is, you I think will that... die of, you know, starvation or, or suffocation or, or whatever protecting yeah. this hoard of money that you don't need all of this money and you yeah. will die doing this. I think,
0: I think that's such a beautiful, like, like a like a metaphor or something for like, you know, we talk about like the one percenters. Like you have more money than you could ever possibly spend in your entire life. And so many people would benefit from this wealth. And you're going to die. It's not gonna make you a second, it's not gonna help you live a second no. longer. You can't eat it. You can't take it with you.
1: I might put some iteration of this quote on a sign if I ever go to a protest or something in the yes. future, you know. <laughs> you eat can gold, have your gold. Whatever.
0: Eat that if you will. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, this portion of the podcast has been is being spoken directly to Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs>
0: um, well, if the really has it. like it's. Like you look at his arc and you look at like, okay, so yeah, he was a prince, a dwarven prince living the life, having an awesome time in the Lonely Mountain. He gets everything taken away from him. It still exists, but someone else has taken it from him. So he wanders the wilderness. He works as a blacksmith. He has like this really kind of crummy, hard, hard life. He sees all his people disenfranchised. Then he gets this opportunity, like Gandalf helps him out and sends this opportunity to like, hey, I can like get it back. I can get get back where I was and like be on top of things again. And he goes in this whole thing and then he gets it. And now what does he have? Yeah. Like he's got the gold. But what what has he actually gotten?
1: And that's something that was brought up like in previous chapters and Smaug brought it up too. He's like, What are you gonna do? Carry this treasure out like one piece at a time, it'll take you Mm a hundred years. And that's what I was wondering too, is like what exactly is their plan for this treasure? Like where are they gonna bring it? Like what are they doing with it exactly? And that's just the thing is they have no plan for this, or at least Thorin has no plan for this treasure other than to be the owner of it again. And that's right. it.
0: That's his end game.
1: But yeah.
0: That's not the end. As yeah. the book still has a lot of pages left to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they've decided to stay there. It says so grim had Thorne become that even grim. if they had wished, Thorne's now grim. grim. Yes, he's grim, yes. <laughs> um, even if the others had wished, uh, they would not have dared to find fault with him. So they're like, we're not gonna, we're trapped in here with you now. Yeah, <laughs> we're over. not gonna disagree with you. It says, but it says, but indeed, most of them seem to share his mind, except perhaps Old Fat Bomber and Feely and Killy. Um, I wish Balin had been in that mix because yeah. he's he's one of the few dwarves that i'm able to distinguish from one another where i'm like you seem cool he's Um, a bit more
0: level-headed i think but yeah he's pretty much like yep these are my people i'm saying i'm standing beside them
1: yeah and bilbo uh Oh, it literally says, of course, I was about to say in Bilbo, of course, but it literally says Bilbo, of course, disapproved of the whole turn of affairs. And he says, the whole place still stinks of dragon and it makes me sick. And Cram is beginning to simply stick in my throat.
0: Poor Bilbo. He's
1: like, we're stuck in this mountain. It stinks of dragon. This whole thing sucks. And the food sucks.
0: And I'm hungry. I'm
1: hungry and the food sucks.
0: (laughs) Poor Bilbo.
1: Yep. Real quick, um just because you brought up this uh like Fantasy stereotype that's happening now with the dwarves of like them being greedy um, and lustful right. over the treasure. Um, I want to direct people, I'll leave it in the uh, link in the description. It's very well known that Tolkien based the dwarves, at least in the hot, he, he started to base these dwarves off of Jewish people. Go listen to this podcast that I'm going to link into in the description because I do a much better discussion of it than I will. But I want to, I just want to say that like I am very aware of this uh, harmful stereotype that has written and that like it seems like we're kind of treading into that harmful uh, territory um, and there was an episode of Potterless where Mike Schubert had um, oh shoot I can't remember his name but he came on um, to talk about this history of anti-Semitism in fantasy and D and D and how a lot of it has roots with Tolkien and The Hobbit and the way that he's portrayed the dwarves in The Hobbit. So um, if you are at all you know curious about how all that got started, or you want to learn more about that. It's a really great episode, um, and again it'll be linked in the description, and they Discussed it much better than I was doing a job of just trying to introduce it. So go listen to that. All right. Uh, Was there anything in the chapter that we missed that you wanted to bring up or discuss?
0: I think we covered it. We've really set up um, poor Bilbo for uh, a lot of. hard stuff that's about to happen i feel really bad for him because i know it's coming but you don't um (laughs) so
1: yeah i'm uh, interested uh the next chapter i think is like five pages
0: (laughs) it's very short yes and then the clouds burst um so which is a bit longer um so yeah there's there's some exciting stuff happening i'm excited to uh to listen to future episodes
1: i'm excited to record those episodes (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what would you like to plug or share with our audience?
0: Yeah, so uh, so again, my name is Michael uh, Michael Burson. I am the Wizard Taylor on Instagram and TikTok, and my wife Haley is Hobbit Party, uh, another uh, Lord of the Rings thing. Uh, and so she's on Instagram and TikTok is Hobbit Party. Um, our uh, YouTube channel is Michael and Haley. If you like. Harry Potter wands and cosplay—that's what we pretty much talk about on that YouTube channel, and then our podcast that we do with the Tipsy Wizards. Um, that's uh, Savannah and Shelby. They're the Tipsy Wizards on Instagram. Uh, is called Hold My Butterbeer, and it's all about Harry Potter canon. Um, just taking deep dives and exploring all the little tidbits that have been mentioned in all the different theme parks and video games and weird writings that only existed until 1998 and then vanished. But uh, we talk all. About it, so it's uh, all Harry Potter, and uh, it's a really good time. So give us a listen.
1: That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to wbne.org, where you will find all of our shows, like Unsobered. Hi, I'm Julia, the host of Unsobered, badass women of history and literature, the podcast where I talk about the women that the history books, history classes, and the general public often overlook. Or who just get a brief mention, but we never really know the whole story of their impact on the world we live in. On Unsobered, I share the stories and histories of these badass, amazing, and strong women. And while I tell you the history we don't get from traditional history classes, I get more and more drunk over the course of the episode. So join me to learn more about your favorite women. Or to find a new favorite woman that you didn't even know contributed to one of your favorite things. With new episodes every other Friday. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Tolkien About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod, or following the link in the episode description. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at About Pod. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks. Um, I actually will be making available soon a special episode that will be available to all patrons for all levels. Uh, This is an episode that won't be coming out for a while. I hate it when people do this where they're like, oh, we did this fun thing, but I Can't tell you much about it or when you're going to hear it, Um, but I can tell you that you will hear it very soon if you become a patron or you can become a sponsor like Adele. Adele, thank you so much for becoming and staying and remaining a wonderful supporter of That's What I'm Talking About um, and being such a wonderful person in our Discord server. You are amazing. And as I mentioned last week and the week before, and I don't know what week it is anymore, um, I am donating all of the proceeds that I raised for the month of June through my Patreon to previously known as the Harry Potter Alliance. It is now called Fandom Forward. So it's still the same wonderful organization that do a lot of great advocacy work and activism, uh, particularly for the LGBT plus community. So if you would like to help me support fandom forward in this new very exciting chapter Uh, you can become a patron or of course if you would like to make a donation directly to fandom forward you can follow the link in the episode description well thank you so much for coming on do you have any parting words for our audience
0: don't be greedy um give what you can when you can to important causes especially if you beset them with dragons it's only fair
1: and that's what i'm talking about